0: Hello and welcome to the Crazy World of Absolute Bedlam podcast. My name is Ben and I interview people from all around the world, from all walks of life, about interesting topics such as being an actor, musician, personal trainer, video game developer. You name it, I've probably had a chat with them. So my main background is music but I'm looking to get basically anyone from YouTube, Twitch, you name it, put them in touch with me and I'll have a chat, like I say. Um, recently done a flurry of veteran episodes, so if you want to check that out, that's a slightly different thing called Tales from the Trenches with my friend and editor, John Belfield. But enough of that, I'm here to just introduce the episodes and just say if anyone wants to help me out by donating to ko which is a donation service which is available at www.kofi, fi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash absolute bedlam podcast. If you go to that website, you'll be able to donate a minimum of £3 to me. You can donate what you want and you can also set recurring payments, but I don't, you know, if you want to, then that's fair enough, but, you know, just do what you can if you can, that sort of thing. Um donations really really help me out because this takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of energy especially when I'm sorting out US people to podcast with and interview etc so every little helps really really genuinely it means I can really put some time into this and really like make it as good as I can possibly get um I'm currently on the lookout for a webcam as I've mentioned several times now um and that's a £70 product, so all of the donations that come from this Kofi, Ko-fi will go towards that £70 webcam. Um, I don't like asking people for money, but if you're enjoying the episodes, say you've listened to more than two or three episodes the whole way through and you're enjoying it and you like what you hear, then a donation would massively be appreciated. Um, right, I'm going to stop waffling and I'm going to let you enjoy the episode. But yeah, cheers guys, keep it bedlam and I'll speak to you all soon. Take care, bye.
1: Hello, we are back. I'd say back again, but this is brand new, Benjamin, isn't it? It's brand new, this is Tales from the Trenches. Ooh. Okay, it's. I was going to go with Military Wives, um, but mine left me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, I'm never going to stop making these jokes. Um, the coping methods it's a coping method <laughs> that's only been 11 months to be fair <laughs> only 11 uh, there's still time i could I milk that for a little longer so yes welcome to tales from the trenches with me all business and with absolute bedlam ben garber uh, this evening we are joined by a man who you can see with the massive fucking arms uh in the screen and uh, with quite a story to tell quite um a few tales to give us we're gonna throw a load of Pointless mundane questions at him, and he's going to make them sound good for the next uh, hour or so. So, Mr. Nick Dunn, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, guys. Pleasure's all ours, Nick. Pleasure's Pleasure's all ours.
2: ours. We're finally getting there. It's been a long wait, but you know we've we've all had our ups and downs and busy times. So we're finally getting here, and that's the most important thing.
1: This is it. That's it. it. That's finally it. got here. It's been a lot. It, it's been a
0: strenuous journey, but we made it. We made it. That's it. Ooh. Right. So, John, are you happy to start, or do you want me to start?
1: Well, if I uh, throw my first one out there, and then you can follow on for a couple, because you got more, okay? Than yeah, yeah, I got a couple. About school. So prepare right. yourself. So, first question I'm going to throw at you here, Nick. So, one right. relatively generic, but yep. um, I don't think that make makes sense. What skills do you think from your time in the military, um, that you, you think that you now apply to maybe your social media career, your writing, um and off the back of that, what do you think the natural discipline you've got for your time in the forces, um, that you've had instilled in you, gives you an edge over other people in the sort of markets you're in? Um, I wouldn't
2: like to say gives you an edge, but Everyone's got different qualities and this, that and the other and how they use them. But, yeah, um, the military does instill a lot of uh, self-preservation into how you conduct yourself. You you become very aware of timings. You have this drive, this presence that you want to show that you can conduct things in a high uh, manner um, you can assess things different, especially when it comes to like the crisis management, you know, because you, you when you, you go on doing exercises, say for when we were going out to say Iraq or Afghanistan, you'd, you know, do your little fives and twenties just basically if you come to a still just check the area in case there was ied so yeah you can kind of i wouldn't say see trouble before it happens but you could spot something quite unusual to someone who is non-military and they just kind of just go through life and think oh well it's all singing and dancing you know because unfortunately that's how some people live their life and i don't blame them why would you want to see the doom and gloom of life? And I think with me being in the military, I am a positive person, but I'm a realist at the same time because with the military, it makes you see the world from the outside looking in so you can see a bit more and you can see the the good and the bad things in life. But unfortunately, we always notice the bad things in life more. Yeah, um, but there is yeah. good and I've witnessed good especially from the amazing and people who supported me and continue to support
1: me yeah that's a really good answer i tell yeah, you what good. i'm going yeah. to, to segue because it, it brings yeah, yeah, up a plethora of questions go for it. but I want to point I want to pick on what you said about seeing the good in, mm. in, in people general mm. in in general rather have was you ever in a situation when you when you were serving where maybe you were in a a tight bond or a dire situation and the situation or someone in the situation or the enemy or someone like that surprised you with a kind gesture or a good deed. Has there ever been that kind of scenario or curfew where you're actually out there in that, in that situation? Um, not, not really,
2: but like I was when I was in Afghanistan involved in a, uh, a, a mine strike on our vehicle and I was top gunner. Um, and it's a, strange experience because things just happen so fast you know when you see the movies yes it's they're made to sell and make money and make the effects look great but there's none of this oh see a bomb let's get out of the way it literally boom, like massive dust cloud didn't even say it and you wouldn't expect a pressure plate mine to be where it was when we're all around. You know, what if someone, say, just went for a little walk, but still in, in eyesight, they would have potentially walked over that mine. Fortunately, um, none of the three of us was seriously injured. Um, the, the mine was a, like a 105 uh, military shell, and it, we went up the engine block, and it was a massive dust cloud. And I fell from the top into the Land Rover. And once like the dust kind of settles, your ears you are ringing a little bit. You, 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 I don't care what people say. You go straight for your crown jewels, because that's what makes you a man. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't get right. what people might think. Yes, that is the male sex organ. That's what makes you a male. That's the first bloody thing you'd see it. It fits there because without it, you aren't a man. You would just want to take your own life. But luckily, we were all unscathed. Um, and then what does really happen in Say the movies to real life is everything slows down. People are like talking in slow motion. So we were like climbing out of the vehicle and we're going to just jump and then just carry on. But you're not thinking straight. And then you see the guys coming with the metal detectors and they're saying, don't move, make sure like we check around the vehicle. So you, you know we can basically say it's safe um and everything's like slow motion and then you know when you're going over a barbed wire fence and you're doing that and your legs shake and i was kind of like that and i was i was thinking bloody hell what's going on here but then i obviously composed myself waited to lay pissed around the vehicle making sure i was safe um and then obviously i jumped off but to the right of uh, the driver's side, just a little bit further forward, there was a, a large uh, potential mine. And if it would have been large, it was probably an anti-tank mine, probably dating back to when the Russians were in Afghanistan. If we had drove over that, we would have been gone. It would have been one minute alive, next minute gone. You, you Unless the vehicle done its winners but it was a, a lightly armored land rover not like the big metal vehicles that uh you can you normally can remember from seeing the news of uh, troops in afghan and all that um and even people die in them vehicles you know it depends on the explosion but i can say it was a a very close call Um on that particular operation a few people had been Driving over mines as well. I think uh, two of our vehicles were uh, damaged by dri- driving over a mine, um, and a quad pulling the trailer. So it was it was a kind of delayed. So the quad itself said it, uh, said it, and then obviously once the trailer went over, that's when it exploded. So obviously the person who was driving that quad was absolutely like that. Very
0: lucky. Fuck it out. Puts it into perspective, doesn't it? It does, it does. You look at me and
1: say, don't you dare fucking ask another follow-up I go actually. to
0: work, I come home, and I'm <clears> like, oh, today was shit. I had to create 4,000 Windows user accounts. <laughs> then we've got Nick that's nearly fucking become Red Mist. <laughs> fucking <laughs> you know hell. You know what I mean? It's, that's no, no, you're right, you're it. right. It's mad, isn't it? I've got that's, nothing to moan about. That And that's whoa
2: that's the nasty side of it if there is a a good side of it if you yes. want to look at that you know well you can you can always take a positive from a negative blokes go to afghanistan come back with a suntan and
0: yeah
2: suntan and uh yeah, yeah. money in the bank and then the go to go mm. on the pit and spunk it all up the wall and then the skinned living on rations typical army block and that's the life we lived and it was mega yeah. I miss the, miss the camaraderie with the uh, blokes on the piss going, having a laugh when you're on exercise, going, it's bloody freezing, it, it's shit, it's yeah. shit. And then when you've been crawling through icy cold rivers, you're caked in mud and shit, and you're like, this is fucking awful, this. Yeah. But when you think back, they are the times that you you really enjoyed and you miss. Yeah. And I do them, but I was uh, given that opportunity to go a lot of people who are non-military might not understand or yeah. yeah you know but they like to watch say your podcasts and enjoy the people that you have so they'll watch all like say there's people who watch podcasts for certain people you know mm.
0: yeah, um definitely
2: you know like i just re basically watch my podcast but i don't go from start to end i'll i'll watch a bit then i'll skip a bit because I, I just don't like watching myself but i've got to you know look back at things and reflect and and say did i answer that question better as mm. uh, good as i could have and it you know it's just learning a bit better to talk um yeah. especially when i want to stand on stage and yeah and conduct myself in front of maybe 20, 50, 100, you, it depends how big the venue is and people are interested to come see us. Um, yeah. So practice makes perfect. And I definitely know I've come on leaps and bounds when I've been doing podcasts from going back to a couple of years ago and looking at the, the ones there. But I was like, not. I've only been home, say, so many months. So mm. it was still all raw and you could really see the emotions and hurt yeah. in, in, the, in my face still and the, my voice and yeah i can, I can still uh, talk about this, the stuff it is upsetting um, and that's probably the, the trauma that i've experienced that i've come to deal with now so many years after the event um, and, and a lot of st- stuff does feel like it happened yesterday. That's the reality of things. Yeah, that's the, the the pain and suffering that I endured and my family endured. So, what I've got to do now is learn to deal with it and hopefully try and use the coping mechanisms that got me through as best as they could when I was in prison to now. So, yeah. But obviously now I, I can have other people help me. So that's a, a a positive in its
0: own, yeah, spinning the negative into a positive, right? So, I've got a question for you. Yes, how was school life for Nick Dunn
2: Oh, um, I didn't really enjoy school. Uh, the they are right, they are right when they say when you look back at life, you'll always look back when you were at school because they're the days that you'll always remember even if you didn't enjoy school. I've been suspended, kicked out. I got uh, expelled before my JCSAs and I was just told to come back for my JCSAs and I was just, you know, I couldn't give a monkey's because that was just me. Do I think back now, should I have done a bit better? Yeah, definitely. Of course, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the bloody uh, draw, but I do have some intelligence, so I did obviously learn a bit. I, I'm quite fond of my geography, my history, and and I just think, well, why do I need to learn maths when I mm-hmm. can just use a calculator? Why do I need to mm-hmm. use my head? And Absolutely. I was okay. I, I was okay at algebra, and I was thinking, when the hell am I ever going to use algebra? I
0: think everyone um, thinks that. But they try to
1: tell you it's the trains, don't they? That's what yeah, they tell you. It. Oh yeah, you're going to need algebra if you're going to work out train times. Are yeah, oh, yeah. you fuck? Who uses algebra to work out trains? We read the fucking board. John you know, basically sponsored by Southwest
2: trains. I asked this question. I was like, "When who like yeah. who the fuck uses algebra?" And, the, and it was like an architect. But, I was mm. like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna leave school and become a fucking architect because I was meant at algebra." Easy. So like, yeah, there was probably people like that. Great, we need good architects because mm-hmm. some uh, buildings are bloody shite.
1: <laughs> That's probably why they're so shit. If every bugger's going in there learning
0: algebra <laughs> to <it'll> be architects. <laughs> but let's, let's be real Like architects are probably like 8 to 10% of the UK population. Oh no, fuck they're... that, even
1: less than that. You're probably talking like so 0.2% of to... the population you are architects. You're trying to How many fit fucking architects need? To... you need? You know it's, it's, yeah.
0: it's, it's, it's really interesting.
1: I was having this conversation with a pal of mine the other day and we were saying about the education system in general and sure i think the germans have got it right because they got a lot more focus on engineering and trade skills and teaching people to do things with their hands things they can actually fucking use when they're really going to make some money and be their own bosses and work for someone else we don't do that this is what i think
2: um what school should be you've got to have a world history but you're obviously going to focus more on your Nations history, because that's where you come from.
1: Mm.
2: I did that, I learned this, that, and the other. I enjoyed it. You learn the bad things in history and you learn good things in history. you different civilizations throughout the ages of mankind. That's great, you know, and then you've got all your other, where you learn the dinosaurs when you're capable. When you're about to be like school leavers, them years, you you should learn how to be an adult. Mm-hmm. The the key skills that's gonna get you a job when you leave school to help when you're at college and basically tell you what you're gonna do in life. Because there's a lot of people who leave school and they haven't got a clue what to do in life. Yep. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I think national service it's it you don't it's 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 there it's not a you must do national service it's if you want to do it yeah i think that you would have to do it that way in this current uh generation um don't force them because the younger generation do not like to be forced Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you might have to force them you know a different meal, but they would go. Well, that's not me, McDonald's, is it, ma'am? And you're like, I can of just make you live on McDonald's, you fat shit. <laughs> <laughs> but are you money? You're the the money. money. <laughs> yeah. No, you are Today, right though, Yeah, like, you know, we were always like out playing football in all weathers, going down the woods playing armies, but. But that's when you're a kid. We were allowed to be kids. But people will say, well, the social media wasn't involved then. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. But if you, you know, minimise that social media yeah, and, and let them be a kid, that's it. then they're going to get the best of both. Yeah. And I think with all the, the knife crime, young people, like national service would be a great thing. Mm -hmm. for getting rid of those people because it's not nice. Like, imagine you being a parent and then having the police knock at your door and say, can I speak to your son? And you're like, why? What's the matter? Oh, there's reports he stabbed someone and your child's 15-year-old and you're thinking, 15-year-old and the person's just stabbed someone.
0: Yeah.
2: That... How would you react if you are a parent this day and age? You'd not be happy. Mm. But I tell you what, if that happened when I was growing up, my dad would have braided me all over. Mm. Absolutely kicked the fuck out of me. God yeah. goodness,
1: I'd probably still do that to JJ now. I mean, he's free right? three, I might get in trouble with that, but I think I'd so yeah, probably so You
2: can't do that. I'm not saying every per- uh, parent back then disciplined and has to raise a fist. That's just how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. Has it gave me any uh, problems in life? No. You know what it's instilled in me: discipline. Even though I am a, a little asshole at times, and I was at school, and I still break rules now and again, but I've got respect mm-hmm. in that discipline, respect for my elders, just respect in general.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And my, I feel like you know I, I, I've got a purpose in life. I've, mm-hmm. You know, I'm polite when I want to be. Sometimes I can just move like a jack in the box. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't personally go out my way to insult someone or be an arsehole in general in life. And that's because of my upbringing. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, every child nowadays is uh, badly brought up, but I think in the school, there needs to be more for them when they leave to you know don't fall it down the the slippery slope and get into gangs and do young crimes you know each other own fair enough but we can't all be angels in society. Can we? It's got to be a
1: devil. Yeah. No. No. Well, no, you're right, and I think a lot of it is there's no there's no outlet for these kids either. And I think you know you're right. The, the army it doesn't get sold as a as a good option these days. I know yeah. when I was young, mm. no, we're not, when, when we would have been you know kids, every every kid wanted every lad would would wanted to be not copper I don't want to be a copper but everyone could be in the army yeah. or in the navy or do something like that because it's a manly job When you're a young lad you want the
0: manliest job going down yeah. that's why we'd be a, fireman, a an astral it's a shit. sense of pride isn't it Is that, that a, I've served the yeah. country I've done my bit yeah
2: yeah I wanted to join the army yeah. I used to play armies like down the woods you'd make a little camp you'd uh, nick your mum's uh <laughs> dark makeup once you saw go full Arnold, commando,
0: <laughs> it thunder. Once,
2: yeah, once you saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, put that on commando, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you think, let off like, some steam, wow. Bennett.
1: <laughs> that, Love
2: that that's film. What want, that's where I want to be. I want to be him. And you, you, you sit with your dad, and you watch the old war films. Some black and white, some old And then, and then you see the old war films where it's British, not just American. And you go, you know what? I want to join the army. So that was one of the reasons why I was a shithead in school and I didn't take much attention, but do I, do I regret not doing that? Of course. I wish I had paid a bit more attention at school. It might've helped me a bit better in my army career. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed the time when I was in the army. I met some great people and some who are still up with us today. Some unfortunately paid the ultimate sacrifice. Um, But we're always a band of brothers, and I'm very proud to have served my country and the years that I was in, um, and the countries that I've experienced. And I'm definitely um, proud to be a part of an Airborne Brotherhood, to wear that maroon machine on my head, because it's pride. And that is what you need in life. You need a, a bit of pride. And... Yes, my pride at the minute's a bit dented and a bit cracked, but I'm working on getting it back, and yeah. that's going to take time. But yeah. I've been for a rough ride recently, so mm. you know, you've got to try and re-love yourself and take, and have a bit of you time, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: I'm feeling that I think you know, I, yeah. I, I've been a shit year I mean obviously I made a joke at the start of this about um, my wife leaving me but legitimately this time 11 months ago she did mm. um, during Covid and it came completely out of the blue and uh, yeah it fucked me right up so I know where, you, where you're coming from sometimes yeah, yeah. You know, life throws it at you it's difficult to see the wood through the trees Yeah. but in the Ooh. last three months I've really sort of dusted myself off and got back out there Remembered it, reminded myself who I am and it's, it's, yeah. it's a slow journey it? trying to rebuild and you've gone through shit. Obviously, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not going to sit and claim to have gone through anywhere near
0: through yeah, the yeah, experiences yeah, you've had,
1: Nick, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's on a
0: small scale, I understand. It's hard to even contemplate bouncing back sometimes when you're so, like, underneath oh. the floor. Do you know what I mean?
2: Like, when you slip down that slippery slope, you you don't know if you're going to survive it or not. Yeah. Hopefully, you, someone, yeah, you know... Hmm gives you a lifeline and pulls you out. But sometimes you've got to just dig deep and help get yourself out yourself.
0: Yes, that's with you, yeah.
2: That's what the the real struggle is. That's what, you know, if you can achieve that, I'm not saying do everything on your own, accept Mm. the help when it's available. Yeah.
0: But,
2: you know, you've got to make the first move. It's like, you know, take a horse to water, you can't force it to drink. you know what i mean so you've got to meet the first step and once you do that hopefully you'll achieve uh the best thing you can ever imagine and that's getting back on the straight and narrow and the path of life as i say Um, and that's what i'm I'm now doing at the minute and we've all had a, a, a shitty couple of years um undoubtedly can't disagree there but now i feel like with everything easing now and Hopefully things can, you know, materialise, especially for me in my life. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. How the oh. fuck did we get there from school? <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love, I love digression. Yeah, it's my yeah, favourite yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. But you, you're absolutely yeah, right. You Everything
2: just, you know, when you just it's it's all a, relative it's, like questions can just, you know, yeah, like yeah. Say, it, that's what makes things a bit more interesting. Because if I, if you just, if I just gave you an answer, yeah, what was I like a school? I've been there, mate. I've been yeah, there, mate.
0: It, people have been like, "Yeah, it's fine." This
2: it's like, Give me a bit of drama. People... Yeah, it's like yeah. when people ask, "Oh, what did you eat?" I'll explain. <laughs> <what to>
1: eat. <laughs> I don't doubt that, but I love that. I love that you because know, it's the art of conversation. It it's yeah. so lost these
0: days. I could
2: just turn on. Oh, what was the food like? Oh shit! Fine. Yeah. That stops it. Yeah,
0: and
2: yeah. And then yeah. they'll go. You can't. You can't just say that. Well, you've asked us. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate a bit better? Yeah, definitely. Don't yeah. know what I ate in prison. <laughs> right. Okay, I'll tell you. There you go. And that's why I do it. I
1: yeah.
0: yes,
2: um, I try not to go off on a bit of a tangent. It's so it's something that I need to learn how to Yeah. Learn because that's what I've been told by my psychologists as well. Um what, mm. when I've been suffering as well. I go off on a bit of a tangent and I should just focus a bit more mm-hmm. um, so even at the age, age of 36 i'm still learning a bit more about myself and i don't think you'll ever stop learning about yourself
1: yeah no when i you think
2: you're, you're bang on. oh
1: i get that yeah i think the thing is as well i mean I see where your psychologist is coming from, but I'm the same. I, I, ben knows this anyway. Yeah. I'll go off. I'll digress here, there, and everywhere. I'll go off on massive tangents, and every story's got about five different little stories. But, Joe, you know it's really yeah. good. I, I've been through um, some. I went through therapy last year, and uh, to sort my head out a little bit anyway. Um, and. The the thing like the conclusion I came to is actually being that kind of person where you end up talking things out, and explaining things out, you and you inevitably end up coming to the answers yourself. So it goes back to what you said before, Nick, mm. about digging yourself out of problems. If you could explain the situation, look at everything laid out logically from mm. A to Z, not A to B, but A to Z, and say, right, well, this is all the, comp- the proponents that make it happen this is the way forward. If you could do that, that yeah. takes a special kind of person. True you right. know, it's, it's a unique quality to have. It's not ev- not everyone has it. And you're right. Some people, and it's like I said before, communication. Some people, you ask them a question, they give you a one-word answer or a two-word mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. And actually, nowadays, the majority of people are like that. But if you yeah, could sit yeah. there and you, know, you could hash out and talk it out, then that's a really unique quality these days yeah. to have.
0: It's definitely like, well, uh, a lost I lost like that
1: explain I Yeah you yeah, know um, awesome. and
2: sometimes my sister will pick us up a bit you'll go you don't have to go like far end of a bloody farm." i'm like not but i just like explaining things yeah in detail because visual i i, I get all my stones and guess what i turn them all over mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah it, I, people can just listen to what i say and just go oh i wasn't expecting that and, they're, and they're, they're a bit shocked, they're, they're taken back and they've got this information and and they've gone, I never expected that, but he's just cleared a, a lot of stuff that I thought I knew, which clearly I didn't know. You know, like how many times do you hear one thing and then it's translated into something else and the next minute it's too far from the bloody truth. I'd rather just tell it how it is and no one can complain.
1: Yeah. 100%. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and I think that
2: I try and put a bit of laugh and a joke on yeah. it because you do get funny uh, things and bad negative uh, times in your life.
1: Yeah. You but it's like I always gotta use the same analogy for this, and I always say it's it's the old um, adage of look after the pennies, the pounds, of the calf themselves. You can apply it to anything. It's all in the detail. The devil is in the detail. If you take yeah. your people all of the elements, so they get in the wider picture and you give them all the elements in between, then they can put, piece together the story as it's meant to be meant to be told. Yeah. A lot of times now, people have a conversation about something, they give short, star, star, you know, short stark answers, and wonder why it gets twisted, or someone sort of takes an element of it. Well, you know from obviously being a yeah. football fan as well, Nick. Yeah. Everything yeah, gets twisted yeah. in the media because they give short, stern answers. It's so easy to do that. If you explain everything away, and someone mm-hmm. goes and tries to, to, to take it and say, take it out of context, and say one thing. You go, well, yeah. this is the rest of what was said. So yeah. put it back in the context. Stop talking shit. Is it goes down yeah, to that? Fun. But I'm, uh, I'm going to segue into my next question, yes. which we, we, we can segue nicely into actually, and that is, um, I'd say, if you could change one perception that civies, the general population, would have about military personnel, so not the military as a whole, but military men, what would it be?
2: that one, not all a bunch of arseholes.
0: (laughs) That's what Steve said.
2: That is exactly
0: what Steve said. said,
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't want the the civilian side of the nation to look at military personnel and think we are bad people. Mm -hmm. I don't certainly want to be looked at as a god because I'm far from it. Well, where I am a an airborne god, <laughs> but uh, no seriously, like, I I just would prefer it to be respected. Like remembrance day to us is every day. Mm. Like everyone comes out once a year and fair one. I, I love seeing people who are non military showing their respect, but if you know people in that you know and you know that they're a veteran. You know, it's nice to show a bit of respect. Mm. Um, And I think people in our country should show military people respect that they are not given, but they've earned. Because we do the jobs and the stuff that gives you the freedom and the life that you continue to live each day. We sacrifice a lot, you know, a lot of stuff happens to military people in their time, because they focus on that job. They sacrifice. They, you know, they miss vital birthdays for their child. They miss family times at Christmas. They go through marriage breakups because they are so fixated. You know, it, we go through a lot, and all I say is.
1: Respect. I'm feeling that. Yeah, I'm feeling that's, that a lot. Perfect. Yeah. When you, when you look at it from the perspective of, um, and I, I know you're itching to ask a the question, then, so i are going to keep it's this okay. short and sweet. Okay. But when you look at wider society, I think there's a, there's actually I think there's a that that stems a question for, you know, everybody really. People these that these days, and not just the younger generation, but people in general really, they don't want to they, they don't want to talk up people who do the jobs that they don't want to do. Hmm. But I mean, you take it for. Two completely wide, wide ends of the spectrum. It goes like people who clean toilets mm. and then you go through the people in the military. You know, the they jobs, the jobs that nobody seems to want to do, but they equally have keep their place in society. It. If the people didn't do it, we'd all be fucked. Obviously, they're not the same kind of job. Someone clean the, the shitty toilet is not the same as going out there and you know, getting your fucking legs blown off. But yeah, I know exactly true. where you're coming from. People have no respect. I think it stems back from the way the government portrays things as well. You look at the police... When my mum was growing up, you know, beat beat police officers used to did did used to command respect. Now they're about to, they're, they're pencil pushers and they're just there. people look at them as glorified traffic wardens. And yeah. there's no respect there. It's because everything's been watered down. And you've got to be nice to everybody. You've got to make everybody happy. You can't say anything, yeah. say the any wrong thing. You can't be honest. You can't be a straight white bloke. No, you you can't, can't you can't be anything anymore no without rights. pissing somebody no. off. Everyone's so afraid of upsetting somebody else yeah, 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 yeah. that everything's watered down. 100%. Yes,
2: and. It's sad, but that's, that's unfortunately how life is. Um, I didn't really get to witness it um, back from 2013 to 2017, because yes, I I see things on social media when I was able to use social media, but I'm not in my country. I'm not seeing it change before my eyes. I was in a total different country. And when I came home, I noticed a lot of difference. Mm. I also noticed how I couldn't use a fucking washing machine, so I, I ask how to use that again because uh, using me hand in a bucket—that's how I was cleaning my washing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the world we live in—it's tight. It's broken at the minute. Mm.
0: What well, the washing like,
2: machine? <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm just like, why can't we just go through life and just have a, a time where we're not moaning and whinging about mm. niff nothing, bloody trivia, like, oh, uh, I'm offended about this, I'm offended about that. Why are you being offended
1: for? Why? Yeah. It's
2: mental, isn't it? It, it, but, it is.
1: If you don't like it, don't okay. look at it. It's It's that easy. People. You could turn the fucking telly off. You could turn your phone off. You could turn the computer off. Why can't people understand that? You don't have to sit going there and go, out of their I don't their like way. it, so I'm
0: going to sit there and watch it. No, fuck off. Turn it off. Stop being a dickhead. Going out of your way to get offended. What the fuck is that? It's because people are idiots. And not, you know, I, I will go out as far People are idiots. I think it's yeah. a sense of mu- morbid curiosity
1: it's not and even that then people like, oh, love you. to have something to bitch and moan about yeah. it's that misery loves company mm. people like to pack together it's a tri- it's a tribal thing yeah. so it's obviously Nick Gessis, you know, obviously being mm. a military man football as well the same people love to be in tribes where everyone's got the same opinions the same thoughts so miserable bastards love to tribe together with miserable bastards yeah. it's as simple as that
0: it's as simple yeah. as that I'm going to stop cool. getting on my high horse now, yeah, I'm, yeah, getting, yeah. I'm getting all, yeah. all hot and fiery Ben over right. to you so if Your washing machine actually is broken, Nick. We're promoting your book. So buy the book. (laughs) Help Nick get a mechanic out. Awesome. There it is. Surviving Hell. That's the paperback. That's the paperback. Um, Okay. This is the hardback. Hardback. Where can we get that?
2: Uh, You can get it at Waterstones. You can get it off Amazon. Amazon's the go-to for getting it. Or if you want signed copies, you can buy them from me. Okay. You just uh, send me a DM on my social media and we will square that away. No problem.
1: Nice one. What makes you the most money, Nick? Which way should we point people? I'm assuming going direct to you gets you a few more of the Benjamins. Should we send it all your way? Oh, yeah,
2: that that is true. Obviously, if it comes directly to me. But either way, um, I'm quite happy for people to purchase the book. Fair enough. How they, how they see fit.
0: Waterstones is fucking good. Well done. Waterstones is yeah. very good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. No, one more question and then over to you. So, you're looking at me funny. No, I went for your question. <laughs> okay, cool. What was the hardest physical challenge that you faced and did you ever feel that you were going to reach a breaking point where you were just like, this is fucked? Ooh. Ooh. Um, You'd probably know it as Wednesday. Well, leg leg day is a horrible, horrible day. (laughs)
2: Um, No, um, I remember being on pay company uh, during my parachute regiment training at Catwick. And I was on the stretcher and everyone was dropping off and I kept on it. But because I'm a short ass, I was like that. So I was having to do that and bouncing on my shoulder. And I remember watching my pee coming to DVD and you see what come over the brow of the hill and you kind of see me in the distance, I'm crying. It made me cry, that event. Um, it's absolutely fucking horrible. But I showed grit, drive and determination because I wanted that maroon barrier so much and sometimes mm. you don't know what mm. you're capable of, unless you're faced with adversity. And mm. the, I would say being in prison, um, that final year where your court case is stuck at high court and you're just, every day just seems to feel like a week and you're like wanting something to happen and nothing's happening. and. You just get mentally drained, and I was begging my sister, like, you need to bring my dad out, and she was like, oh, he's getting old, and the long flight from... And I tell you what, when my dad and my sister came to visit me in uh, prison, it gave me such a morale boost seeing him because I was on drugs. I was like, you know what? game over, I've had enough um that I'm throwing that towel in and they gave me that boost that kept me going before we got released. Hmm. Um so yeah, I, I just I have to be honest and say that. Yeah. That's the hardest things. Like
0: Yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: i tell that you thought about that as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, well I can't I, I, I you know I could just give one answer prison yeah yeah, horrible but no like i've gone through something else and the stretcher race made me cry because it's horrible and that was very hard so i have to include that as well definitely but yeah if you're an innocent person prison time isn't nice full stop
1: Mm.
2: yes having your freedom stripped
1: cool I had three pretty generic questions left, but I'm going to fuck them off, because actually it's something I'd much rather hear them talk about. I've just deleted some stuff. No, I'm 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 fucking all of mine off, because you know what, we've touched on it during the course of um, this episode, obviously, a a few times already. I think it'd be a really good and poignant point, for if you're happy to, Nick, just to talk about that prison experience, what life was like for you during those years, and sort sort of... getting a sense of that start middle and end uh, mm-hmm. of going through that process and the relief you got to in the end to, to getting out I, I think it's a story that people should hear yeah i think would i be really want to a bit of a disservice to
0: get to the edge of yeah. the lake let's let's jump in yeah
2: yeah um well i was uh maritime security i was on uh uh company's vessel were near the coast of India uh, to procure fuel and provisions. There was a cyclone, so under maritime law, in seek shelter in their waters. So yes, we were in Indian waters. However, we weren't there illegally, as they like to the, say we were at the beginning. And we had weapons, even though the, we weren't operating, the weapons were locked away in pelly boxes, et cetera um as the days went by we were obviously arrested took the port and went through a few days of port, going through the same stuff different company different organization and, and then it got to the point where the local boys queue branch were getting a bit chewed so they just basically removed the weapons off the vessel so there was 35 of us and uh 35 weapons, so if there was a a duck on the airship, that would have been getting arrested too. Um, I believe it was a seizure exercise, but at the time, you know, you're you're just trying to look after your well-being. You're in a foreign country, there's not much English getting thrown about, and you have to try and remain calm, collective, professional, try not to let your family come into the forefront if you have. Uh, mind because then you'll start worrying that's when uh you can make potentially wrong decisions but uh, we were normally kept out of the way and then obviously got to the point the 18th of October 2013 we were told uh, uh we're going to get arrested and go t- to prison basically however the way they worded it was we're going to take you to the hospital for medical checkup and we're like well we're not stupid here. What? what a hospital doesn't let like you take, your reading glasses, your, your wedding ring, your, your lighter, your tabs, your mobile phone, your wallet. We weren't stupid. We knew where we were going. But we were professional. We put our company uh, T-shirts on because we are innocent people. who have done nothing wrong. And it just was the start of a four-year nightmare. It just was like, wow, cameramen all over us on the bus, you know, weapons from the Indian police all over and you're like I don't know the state of these weapons so you, you're trying to in case the bump hit, hit of a road and a weapon goes off so you, you're basically your heart's in your mouth kind of from you getting on that bus to the final destination um we went to court someone says blah 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 blah, and then next minute we're on our way to Courty prison A prison that was built during british rule so when they found out there were six british coming to that prison they were like doing cartwheels oh the shoes on the other foot because the state of tamil nadu where we were didn't like the fact that britain ruled them and i was told this by locals um when i wasn't in prison etc um we were there for a few short days um it was absolutely awful. Uh the gave were onion omelets, rice, dal, uh, jack and potato that hadn't been cooked properly. I'm like, do you not know how to make a jack and potato? Right, how about? It? Um and you know, I, I was thinking if we're gonna be staying here for the duration we're gonna be carted out on a trolley. There's no way we can survive here. Not a chance. But The Indians stayed there. We got moved up to Chennai, um, to Pozal Central Prison 2. Um, And this was the remand prison. We were there for over Christmas, New Year, and we got bail in April. Um, And it was a a horrible, horrible experience, that prison. Um, We were hardly able to eat and the rations that they gave us was disgusting some of the times it, it either had been pissed on by cats or rats because it just laid out on the floor in the in the kitchen you know uh, and it's disgusting so we had to take uh, hygiene to the next level and we still got ill we all got ill that bad i literally thought i'm gonna fucking die in this prison um i remember lying in my cell I was absolutely ill. We all were ill. It went through with like a hot knife and butter. And during the day when we were allowed out of the prison uh, compound, we used to use the outside toilets. Um, and I, I remember, oh, I need the toilet. So I kind of got out of the cell and I was kind of hobbling over and I just kind of waited. I was sick and I don't like being sick. And then I shut myself at the same time that's initially when i was going to the toilet <laughs> um and i was just crying but i was laughing at the same time and i was i was thinking of me, me family and i was like i'm gonna fucking die here you know what i mean mm. uh, i we it was that bad um but we had a few little laughs we had a, a rat incident um i elaborate about that in the book uh, it's a funny thing we had a, a cake eating competition where I was the cake eater, but I wasn't allowed to chew it till all as the pieces got in my mouth where I can't breathe through my noses. Uh, I like to kind of breathe through my mouth. So I just went all over shop. Now with ex-military, you, you try and adapt and overcome in horrible situations, you, you, you assess things. So we went back to basics, how to keep yourself entertained. That's, get some paper, which we used to try and write for when the embassy came to get letters to and from our families. We made, we did battleships. We, you know, we played Uno, you know, card game. Um, We weren't allowed normal cards in because obviously it's classed as uh, gambling, um, but we did sneak the odd normal cards so we could play like pontoon, blackjack, you know, the card games, etc. I think we had a few board games as well. And this is like what family members have been sending over to the embassy so they could like go and buy so they would send money over and stuff like that money into our accounts in the prison so we could go to the prison shop and buy biscuits just to give us something else to eat because we weren't eating much we all lost a lot of weight um and some people looked like a bag of, a bag of bones um getting out and that was in the space of next close to six months. That's how quick we lost weight and being ill didn't help either. But we got bail uh, in April and then we couldn't leave the country and we had to sign bail twice a day at the local police station. And during this time, it's a a 90-day rule. If they don't appeal in 90 days, we go home. So this is like, money from our families keeping us in the hotel um at first the company was paying and then they just dropped her arse and basically forgot about it um so that was like ta-da. so everything fell onto my family and I, I i would never say i was a, a charity case but you know i had a few good people send us money over to try and survive did i go out drinking and try and survive a bit of course i did what do you want us to do? Sit and sulk in my hotel, hostel room all day, every day, and plunge into depression? Of course not. You've got to try and live. So I find a gym. You know, I like going to the gym. Indians are mad for the gym. So there's got to be a gym in it, near me. So that's how I entertain myself. But then it gets closer to the 90 day, and you're thinking, like, right, we're, we're going to go home, and then day 88, the fucking put the paperwork into the Supreme Court and that's it a massive sucker blow I can't imagine how the family felt at that time two days before the end the merry go round keeps on going and you think what on earth is going on here, I've done nothing wrong I've been to two different prisons now I've, I've got a taste of freedom and then that's it yeah i'm i'm living in hostels this is costing a lot of money you know i'm, I'm not working i'm not getting paid off my company i'm relying on handouts uh, charity money from support our paras parachute regiment they were helping us a little bit british legion helped a little bit My family done all this adds up over a year and a half and then obviously we'll, we'll do a trial trial goes to shit, and you know you've got yeah you, you know, you're you, you stood in that courtroom and you're thinking, what on earth's going on here? And uh, I've never seen a man so scared in my life, and I've seen scared people when I've been in Afghanistan, in Iraq, from uh, the, the women and children, etc. But our lawyer walked over to us in that courtroom. And he went, you've been sentenced to five years. And we're like, what? You're joking, aren't you? No, you're going. Because like I say, Madame Q Branch, the woman in charge of the investigation, the woman that destroyed our lives for four years. as soon as the judge's assistant said in Tamil, that, yeah, five years, she didn't know how quick to get her little flip-flops out of that courtroom. She was on and I thought, ah, something's not right. At that same time, our embassy girls, who are who, what the British uh, embassy does around the world, they you know hire local uh, people to work for them so the relations is better. And our two girls were obviously Tamil and could understand the lingo, so they were out of that courtroom straight on the phone to obviously New Delhi, saying, yeah, they're going to prison for five years. What the fuck do we do now? Well, that's when the British government can do a little bit more once you've been convicted. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. I don't make the rules. Should it be changed? Of course, it should be changed. If if you know, you know, country nationals are literally innocent, you should stand behind them because at the end of the day, I pay my way. I pay my taxes. Why can't? My, and I served. I'd, yeah, okay, fair enough. I served my country. But I've put some. I've put in. I've shown to my country that I will serve you. If I'm in the shit and I've done nothing wrong, surely you should have my back. Fucking right. Hell yeah. But they, they shouldn't just have my back. They should have anyone's back. If they are innocent. If you're guilty, I'm sorry. Fuck off, man. You, you, the, your crime's getting caught. Uh, there was no crime committed by us. We were innocent as can be. Yeah. And I lost, I lost four years of my life. My mum suffered a double aneurysm when I was in prison. That destroyed me. I had to go to a, a dark place to, to go forward because I just wanted to self-destruct. How I didn't, I will never know. I need that fight that I had then, now, to take my life to the next level. After all the the recent uh, mental health health issues I've been uh, experiencing, Um, I've lost my way in life, but now I'm back on the horse and I'm, I'm heading towards that light. And I have to go back to when I had a reason to fight, to then instill it again into now, my current self, because I have a fight, with my own demons. Um, and this has all happened through.
0: Off. Hell? Oh, you back? Yeah, we're back. Oh, thank God. Hey, what the internet went again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I'm glad that didn't cut out like a couple of yeah. minutes before. We'll so,
2: you no, know, we we're, we're going to prison again. And I've got to make that f- dreaded phone call. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done, hearing my mum screaming down the phone. It felt like she was a wounded animal. A little baby boy's going to prison for five years. How my sister coped. She deserves a medal, that woman. To keep, She kept this family together. Yeah. And we're only a little small family, is it? But she rose and trying her utmost best to show the world that these innocent men are suffering at the hands of a so-called friendly nation. Surely, if you had two friendly nations, you could have had the matter resolved. But no, no. it didn't. It carried on. We went to prison again. Um, this was next door to the last prison. It was a lot better. I can, yeah, yeah, you're in prison, it was a lot better. Yeah, it was a lot better. Well, because in the convicted prisons in India, you do tend to get a bit more than if you were in the remand prison. Um, we had to wear a, a uniform. Um, we had to wear white, but we you know, I had to cut the sleeves off because i couldn't fit my arms in at the time um but it was a, a short one but the the superintendent didn't like us like that so i had to get another shirt but uh you know like you you you're in that prison yeah yeah it it hits you reality hits you you know you're thinking right here we'll go again Your family's going like that in your head and you've got to try and compose yourself. And this is where military training comes in. Um, Like I say, when the shit hits the fan, you assess the situation. So I've just got to instill that into the situation that I'm in now and that's getting through prison life. You've got to do everything quick while you're still mentally, you know, sane and you haven't gone into the corner and cried like a bitch for your mum and dad. Because guess what? I did that. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. Well, no,
1: well, I, I, to circus, I think anyone would.
2: Yeah. I, went to, I went to sleep in that prison with has dribbling down my eyes, down my cheek, because I didn't want to make it known I was crying in the cell.
0: Yeah.
2: But I missed my family. I fucking missed my family so much. I'm an innocent man, and I've just been handed a prison sentence. Like what the actual fuck?
0: Yeah.
2: Like how is this justice? It isn't. It's a miscarriage of justice.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and it was a horrible experience but it's made me who I am today and yeah, you can read about it if you're interested.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: There's another plug there for uh next book. I was hoping we could find a way out of that.
2: Yeah. And the thing is though like just to let people know, it's not just my experiences in this book. It's got me list, my sister's extract as mm. well from her side of mm. the four years because it, how it affected my family.
0: Yeah.
2: It was just horrendous. And, and I can only talk from my family, but the rest of our families in the the Chennai six all hurt it in their own ways and they dealt with it in their ways that uh, like there was people who had arguments there was people who built friendships it was a a weird experience you could have put two of lifelong's best friends in that prison they probably hate each other's guts now they're always on top of each other everyone's got different hygiene levels everyone's got different ways they conduct themselves not everything's going to be roses, but what you've got to do is keep
0: hmm.
2: it together.
0: Yeah, unified,
2: and and not let them win. Yeah, and they didn't beat with... I witnessed Indians getting beat, but they never laid a finger on us. However, I did start at a a brawl in the hospital. Do I regret it? Yeah, of course I did. I fucked up. We got uh, confined a compound. Um. So, like, we couldn't do it at all. Um But unfortunately, your emotions can slip. You're human. You're allowed to, you know, get angry from time to time. Of course, and, of course. You know, I wasn't the only one who showed their anger. Um, but that's normal. That's how we deal with things sometimes. You know.
1: Well, judging by the circumstances of you, I think it's you're know, you in perfectly, uh, exactly. perfectly uh, acceptable. Just someone,
2: take someone who's so shy and timid in normal day-to-day life, put them in that situation. They, they could change in something completely, totally different. Mm. Like they could be an absolute hand grenade for, you know. But when they're out in normal uh, civilian life, they might not be able to be... Ever experience something that pushes them over that edge,
0: you know.
2: You never know what you're capable of in life till something
0: yeah. bad happens. Yeah. You're, right. yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. In a way, you're absolutely right. And uh, I'm conscious. So I think we're both conscious of your yeah. time, here, Nick, as well, because it's, ne- it's going to be nearly kick off in seven minutes, and i'm not going to keep you to any lo- uh, 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 too much longer. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take you this moment to say, guys, if you want to hear the rest of the story, surviving hell, Nick Dunsmore, get on Amazon, get in Waterstones, yeah. tap the man up for a signed copy. Oh no, you're going to have to pay top dollar for that, but you yeah. should do anyway. Get yourself a copy, it's going to be worth the read, you're not going to be disappointed. Surviving hell, Nick Dunn, get your fucking copy now.
0: And if you are interested in Nick's story from another perspective, then check out, is it um, Veterans Opinion, Steve Nichols. Mm. That's how I found Steve and yeah. I found yourself. Obviously, Steve says hi, so feel free to reach out to him as well from a personal perspective. Thank you very much for your time, and enjoy the football. Hello, hope you enjoyed that episode. Just got an ad read from a new sponsor called Set Surf. So, Set Surf is a small British company passionate about mineral sunscreen and natural skin protection. Our range of sunscreens and creams are designed to protect your skin naturally, without harsh chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life. So, If anyone knows me in real life, they'll know that I'm from a seaside town and one of the most important things when you go to the beach, and probably anywhere in the world really to be fair, is sun cream. And we all know how much of an absolute disaster it can be when you go to the beach without sun cream. So I want to make sure that people are using the right sun cream and not the rubbish, cheap alternatives from many, many supermarkets, (laughs) I won't call any out. But yeah, this is how Set Surf is different from all that cheap, nasty stuff that will just about get the job done. So it's 100% mineral. We don't use any harsh or weird chemicals to reach SPF 50. They just use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which makes them perfect for sensitive skin and all of your kids. It's reef safe because we use no chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life at all. Our sunscreens are genuinely reef safe. They're also non-nano. We use non-nano sized particles which don't sink into the deeper layers of your skin like you get with some chemical sunscreens. It rubs in virtually clear so set sunscreen rubs in very well without leaving any chalky marks or residue on your skin and they are also very very water resistant. Lastly, they are packed with good stuff. They contain Kalahari melon oil, argan oil, and aloe vera to nourish and moisturize your skin. If you shop the range at www.setsurf.com, use the code Bedlam20 to get 20% off any of the products on their website. So that's www.setsurf.com and use the code Bedlam20 to get 20% off of anything on their website. Right, another ad read coming right up. See you later. Archie Soul, male grooming. My main sponsor for Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I have been with Archie Soul since I think April last year and it's been such a good experience for me to go a bit back and forth with Mark um, give him some ideas he gives me some ideas for the podcast in return and it's a really nice relationship that I have with him I'm very very grateful to um, get loads and loads of free samples from him and help grow his uh, company at the same time so it's a nice little natural thing that we're doing. I've got some notes here two seconds so Archie Soul Men Was created to bring some of the finest men's grooming products from around the world to the men of the uk not male models not instagram filters just the everyday bloke we do not sell ordinary we sell outstanding products made by craftsmen who care and these products really do work products that will make you feel great at work and at play clean and fresh with every use. So archisoul.com is their website. Free shipping orders over £25, get free shipping. No quibble, 30 days return guaranteed. All dispatch from the UK and an array of excellent five-star customer reviews on their website for you to have a look at if you want. US-based products, Archiesoul does the rest right here from the UK, let them do the heavy lifting for you. Code Bedlam 2022 will get you 20% off your total order, except for leather bags and razors. Some of the products include Duke Cannon, Anthony, Walton Wood Farm, Ace High, Darwin's Grooming. Just absolutely incredible products, incredible companies. Just check them out. They're incredible. Like I say, (laughs) I've said it three times. Beard oil, shower gel, deodorant wallets beard combs notepads leather bags anything you want for all the males out there to feel a little bit more special no plastic no problem just a cardboard box for the goodies and environmentally friendly packaging for all of the safe transit the shipping like i've mentioned before is incredible i order stuff on tuesday and i get it on thursday you can't ask for more than that really uh, their website is on shopify so it's got all the latest payment options available so yeah look good feel great archie soul nail grooming right enjoy the episode and see you later hello guys got a new ad read for you from a company called optimus U. um so they are a fitness and sportswear company um they are an excellent example of how fitness and sportswear should be achieved. They are going towards the fully sustainable route, which I am well behind planting a tree and all that sort of stuff for every purchase. So I've got this to read out, I've got Optimus U, we are much more than just a sportswear brand, we are a community full of fighters for 100% of the people, absolutely zero discrimination, and only using the very, very best quality in organic, sustainable materials made ethically here in Europe. Whether you're taking your dog for a walk or hitting that new personal best in the gym, let us help you along your journey and letting you become the most Optimus version of yourself. Recently got these on board because I think that Luke from Optimus U is a fantastic example of a leader. And lockdown has helped him create and develop this amazing brand. Um, and they are incredibly involved. They're incredibly inclusive, like I say. And I cannot recommend them enough. So give them a Go at optimusu.co.uk if you use my code which is bedlam10 bedlam10 you'll get 10% off your order and i i just i think they're fantastic um they haven't put a foot wrong truly absolutely awesome company um i've recently been given a shirt and hoodie from them and i will be ordering some more stuff from them very very soon so shout out to optimus u uh, right Back to the episode. Cheers, guys.